Okay, Sunday, April 17th, and uh, praying God's promises. Uh, we started a section about angels on assignment. Now, when we read in the Bible, uh, we'll see um, Lord Almighty. And it goes back to uh, God as Yahweh Sabaoth or Yahweh Sabaoth. Uh, there's different spellings and pronunciations of God's name but what it means is Lord of the host and this is our warrior God uh, this name appears 285 times throughout the prophets and the Psalms and God as our warrior God is in control of everything and rules the universe with an iron hand he is sovereign and the host may be various groups uh, when you read about um, the armies in the Bible. The host can be angels, priests, saints, a remnant of God's people, uh, the armies of Israel, armies of angels, and armies of angels with chariots of fires. And it's important for us to know uh, that the host of angels are a well-trained army prepared for war. And they respond as soldiers under a general's command. Their loyalty is unquestioned. Their obedience is instantaneous. Uh, Pastor John Hagee referred to angels as covenant enforcing agents. So there are lots of different kinds of angels and there's all uh, levels and status and uh, responsibilities. Uh, but one thing that we uh, need to understand when we talk about this is um, these are warrior angels and they are worshipers of God. So when you talk about the heavenly host, they're not all the angels that um, like we think of with wings and being all fluffy and, and nice and just hanging out in the clouds. These are warrior angels and they are armies and they function as an army but it's a heavenly army and they only do what God tells them to do um, they do God's bidding um, they are created beings formed by the spoken word of God they were not formed out of the clay in the image and likeness of God by the hand of God so they are different from us uh, they do not have, um, they, they cannot be born again like people are. Human beings can be born again by accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Uh, but these are created beings and they, they respond to the word. They listen to the words that we speak and they wait on and respond to God's word voiced through us. So that's why uh, we're going to talk about angels on assignment because when we pray the promises of God, we can enlist the heavenly host, these warrior worshiping angels to help bring that answer to us. And last week uh, we did cite quite a few uh, events in the Bible where the ho hosts were called into effect to um, do the will and purpose of God and act on the behalf of man. Now uh, they are always present and 
they were probably present without you being aware of them. So you're not alone. You may think you're alone, but uh, when we are born, uh, we have at least one guardian angel assigned to us. Uh, and when you become born again, your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you have at least one angel assigned to you. You may have more. When you become born again, uh, You know, they're going to do whatever God tells them to do and they're going to respond to the way that you speak. Um, you may ask God to send his angels to help you and to work in situations on your behalf. Now angels do not give their own revelations. They speak only as God has chosen to reveal for himself. And if they're functioning as messengers of God, they, they deliver the message only as God told it, told it to them. So they attend to, to people and they attend events as directed by God. Um, the name of God, El, E-L, is actually in the name of Angel, Angel. And it's in the names of the angels when he assigns them names. So we have Angel, Mikael, Gabriel, Raphael, Gamaliel. So you see God's name is at the end of every name. For the angels. So now last week we went through uh, Old Testament stories, Old Testament scriptures, and um, let me just read um, two verses out of Psalm 103, uh, 19 to 21. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels. You mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly host, you his servants who do his will. So the Bible does tell you how they operate. Now, uh, today we'll start with um, a few verses out of the New Testament. Let's go to Matthew 26. Okay, Matthew 26, verses 53 and 54. Would you like to read that? Ready. Do you suppose that I can cannot appeal to my Father, and He will immediately provide me with more than twelve legions, more than eighty thousand of angels? But, not, but how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that it must come about this way? <clears throat> okay. So, you know, Jesus said that he could, uh, you know, call 12 legions. Well, legion is um, 6,000 or more. Um, now, the Amplified says, you know, 12 legions would be more than 80,000. So, you know, it's at least 72,000. If you multiply the 12 times 6,000, uh, but the, the Amplified feels that it's even more than that. We pray and call upon our Father God, just as Jesus did. We call upon our Father God in the name of His Son, Jesus, who is our intercessor. Jesus said that we would be able to operate in power 
and an authority of his name and that we could do the things that he did and even greater. Uh, if you go to John 14, 12 and John 15 uh, verses 5 to 8 and 16. Let's just go ahead and read them. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. John 14. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Okay, and then flip to John 15 and read 5 through 8. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Some branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, whatever you ask, it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Okay, and then uh, read verse 16. That ties in with that. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Okay. So Jesus himself said that um, we can operate in the power and authority of his name. Uh, we can operate under his blood. And if we dwell and abide in Jesus, and keep his words within us that we can do what he did and even more so uh, there's because we have ways to communicate uh, to more people around the world when you start to think about it you know we we think oh how could we do more than Jesus well he gave us the power and authority in his name and in his blood and uh, as the years went by uh, it became easy and easier and easier to travel, easier to communicate. And yep. so we can, they were limited by in their travels where we can, you know, put a man on the moon. Uh, that's how we can do greater. We can do greater numbers. We can evangelize the world. Uh, we can pray for the world and um, send resources around the world. And, of course, you know, the, the population has exploded throughout the, the centuries. Um, there, there's a division in the way people think about commanding the angels. There are some people that preach that you can't command the angels that you have to pray to God and ask God to command the angels on your behalf. Then there are other preachers and teachers that say, you have that power and authority that we just read about here. And as long as your speech lines up with the word and your prayers line up with the word, and if you speak the written word 
and the spoken word of God that you can take the, God's words and command the angels with that. And whatever you ask them to do must line up with the will and purpose of God. So I don't see that it would hurt to try both ways. That, you know, you could directly command the angels using the word of God. Or you can pray to God to, en to enlist his angels to help you. I've done both. And, uh, I think it would work both ways, as long as you, you line yourself up with it. Uh, I don't know if you've heard any debate on this or, or not, but, um, you know, we talk about praying the promises of God. Well, why can't we talk to the angels using the promises of God, and enlist their help? Uh, sometimes you might be in a situation where you just call something out real quick for help. <laughs> you know. So, um, our God is a covenant God, and he keeps his promises for his children. He makes a way for his promises to be fulfilled and gives access to his heavenly host through his word. Uh, let's go to Luke 22. Twenty-two and verses forty-two, forty-three. And this is Jesus uh, praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. What's that? Uh, uh, Luke twenty-two, verses forty-two. And 43. Saying, Father, if you are willing to remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but always yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him in spirit. Okay. So, you know, he prayed to God the Father, and an angel was sent out to help strengthen him in the most difficult time of his life here on earth as a man. So, you know, they, they do God's bidding and they do all kinds of um, duties and responsibilities and they will strengthen us too. That's, They'll strengthen us and build us up and lift us up. That's like, wow, because he knew what was going to happen and God said, no, this is what's going to, this is going to wait, this is my, this is what's going to happen. This is the way I'm going to save the world, yeah. but I'll give you this angel to help you. Right. That's a good. That's a good point. So he said that it's not. I'm not going to take this cup. This is what's going to happen, and you know this is what's going to happen. Jesus lined himself. But I'm going to give you the angel. Up. Yeah, he lined himself up with the will of God. He could have refused, but then that would have destroyed the whole plan of salvation for mankind. So he had a, a few moments there where he wasn't sure because he was in flesh at that point. He had given up his glory, and um, he he was still divine. He was still God. He was, but he was also man, and he was living here in a flesh body. And he he knew how hard this was going to be, um, how he was going to be tortured and and killed in his flesh. Um, but he lined himself up with God's will, surrendered himself completely to God's will. 
And God said, I'll send an angel, and this angel will help you uh, be prepared for what is to come, and he, this angel will strengthen you. Uh, so w we can uh, call upon the God, too, for that kind of strengthening and uh, through the angels surrounding us and keeping us safe from harm um, or helping us go through tough times in life. Sometimes the angels kind of shepherd uh, good people of faith to be around us and surround us and encourage us. This is really pointed out in Hebrews. Let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 1. That's Hebrew chapter 1, verse 14. Okay, Ed. Are not the angels, our ministry, spirits, servants, sent out in the service of God for the assistance of those who are in, who are to inherit salvation? Okay. And the NIV says, are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? So there's like an innumerable, uncountable number of angels that are available for mankind to 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 use, and uh, they're st they're standing there listening to us, listening to the way we talk, uh, listening to our prayers, and they will either operate to help us when we pray God's word. Or they'll just stand there, hope you know, helplessly, hopelessly, waiting for us to say something that would give them the authority to step in and help, because they can't they can't help us unless we're talking God's word and lining up with that. So you know, there's a lot of bored angels out there with nothing to do because of the way people talk, because of lack of prayer or an ineffective prayer that, you know, is just a laundry list or whining around and instead of praying the promises. So if we pray the promises, that enables them, gives them the authority and ability to step in and help the situation line up with, God's, with what God says. God's throne is in heaven. His kingdom is being established on earth through his saints. That's us. The saints give voice to God's word to do the work of his kingdom. When you become born again, you become God's saint. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, and at least one angel is assigned to you. Your angels listen and wait to hear God's word coming out of your mouth, then work to make the word come to pass. Your angel will not move on any words contrary to God's words. So we need to take advantage of the army of angels by commanding them to help, protect, and work for us by using God's words in the name of Jesus. We need to keep our everyday speech in line with God's word. Ask God to send his angels to work on our behalf 
and on the behalf of others in intercessory prayer. So, you know, if you have friends or family or neighbors uh, having trouble, you can pray the pray for the angels to step into their situations. You know, especially if you have a family member that's living at a distance from you, um, you can pray for a hedge of protection for the angels to physically keep themselves, uh, keep, keep your loved ones safe. Um, you know, like my daughter Tiffany, you know, lives out in areas out west uh, and is often in uh, at neighborhoods or working in neighborhoods that aren't very nice and, and there's danger there. Uh, there have been times when she's been on college campuses and you know there's a lot of things that happen on college campuses, especially to girls. And uh, so I pray for a hedge of protection. You know, pray the Psalms of protection like Psalm 91. Pray the promises. Pray, pray for the, the benefits in salvation, which includes safety and security and protection. Pray those kinds of verses over your loved ones that are at a distance in dangerous places. And the angels can go and hedge them in, keep them safe from harm. Um, traveling mercies, we pray for traveling mercies. Well, that's praying all those verses on safety, protection, security, and praying the angels to keep your vehicle and your, your uh, people safe. So that's what the traveling mercies really is is um, praying those protection promises. Now, uh, in the Old Testament, uh, there's Zechariah 4. That would be in the small books of the prophets. And it's right, be it's right before Malachi. Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. So if you find, uh, if you know where Matthew is in the New Testament, just start going back. There's the book of Malachi, and then in front of that is Zechariah, chapter 4. In fact, let's, uh, let's start with verse 1. I was just going to do verse 6, but let's just read from 1 to 6 because it talks about um, the angel. Okay. Do you want to do that? Yeah. Then the angel who talked with me returned and wakened me as a man is wakened from his sleep. He asked me, what do you see? I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lights on it, with seven channels to the lights. Also, there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. I asked the angel who talked with me, What are these, my lord? He answered, Do you not know what these are? No, my lord, I replied. So he said to me, This is the word of the lord of Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit says the Lord Almighty. Okay. Lord Almighty is the Lord of hosts. So he's the Lord over armies of angels. 
that um, stand there ready to do God's bidding. Um, now, in this case, it was this angel uh, was uh, kind of a messenger, uh, and he was a guiding angel, and he explained things and reassured Zechariah of um, that the the spirit is there and the Lord of Hosts is there. And that means there's also armies of angels. Okay, now, um, I did, I copied off an, uh, an article off the internet, uh, which uh, it's a prayer storm articles and it's from a book uh, by James W. Gall and uh, he has written many books and many articles on angels and I thought this um, angelic intervention through intercession would be very appropriate uh, in talking about angels on assignment and getting getting our uh, answers to prayer when we pray God's promises. Uh, he writes, while there is great diversity among the angelic host, each category of angels has a specific assignment and distinct attributes. But there are three primary functions listed in the scriptures concerning all the angelic host. Uh, now, number one, uh, is that all angels are commissioned to praise and worship God and this is their first and most prominent ministry. And then uh, number two is according to Hebrews uh, 1 verse 7 and verse 14. All the angels are ministering spirits, flames of fire called to render service to those who will inherit salvation. So that's the saints, that's us. And then according to Psalm 103, angels excel in strength, obey the voice of his word, and perform God's word. Um, now James Gall studied scriptures on angels for over 30 years, and he read over 100 books on angels. And he's had numerous angelic encounters himself. So then he gathered a summary of the different types of angelic activity um, now, I did not intend for this to be a big study on angels because that could take months to really do a big, mm -hmm. thorough study on angels. But I, I want us to get an, uh, just a basic understanding of what the angels can do for us and how they can work, uh, work uh, in prayer for us. So I'm going to read this list quickly. They minister the presence of the Lord messengers pronouncing God's will, release understanding in dreams and visions, help to give guidance and direction, bring forth deliverance, release protection. They are active at the death of saints. And you've probably heard a lot of stories of people that are at the end of their time here on earth 
and how they've seen angels and angels ready to escort them to heaven. Um, in fact, someone told me a personal story just last Sunday night about her mother who was dying. And uh, the family said, what are you looking at? And she said, oh, there's two angels up there. And every day she would just sit and stare over at this one part of the room. And other people would come in and say, what are you looking at? Oh, there's angels over there. So you, you might even have a personal story that you can relate. Um, but they are active at the death of the saints. And they, they, um, uh, a lot of the stories I've heard, uh, the person who is dying actually has that sense of peace. And, you know, they'll even talk to the angels and they have this peace that comes over them. And they're just waiting for God to say it's time. Okay, um, angels can release supernatural strength. Uh, they are used as God's healing agents. They are eternally engaged in praise and worship and engaged in spiritual warfare. We talked about spiritual warfare last week and the story in Daniel uh, about the angels battling in the heavenlies is a really good example of that. They can bind up demonic powers and principalities, and that was part of what happened in Daniel. They are called divine watchers. They, and then in the book of Revelation, you read about them being deeply involved in end times, end times as reapers and gatherers, and they execute God's judgments. Now here are five keys concerning angelic release. And if you would want copies of this, I'd be glad to, to make it for you. After um, James Gall found five biblical keys that together stir our faith for greater angelic activity in our own lives and in our cities and nations. Uh, number one is believers are co-workers with Christ. The Holy Spirit moves upon the hearts of believers with the burden of the Lord to release God's vast heavenly resources into the earth realm by the power of intercession. Prayer is man's responsibility and opportunity to put out a welcome mat as an invitation for divine intervention. So that's what I was just talking about. Um, you know, it's up to us to enable the angels to... to uh, become involved. Number two, God hears and answers prayers. Prayer and intercession influence and help determine the destinies of individuals and the direction of nations. Every prayer counts. What goes up must come down. Number three, there is an innumerable company of angels available. So heaven's army of angelic hosts are waiting for their next assignment and ready to be dispatched. Uh, and he mentions there are a lot of unemployed angels. Uh, Jeremiah 33:22, As the host of heaven cannot be counted and the sand of the sea cannot be measured. And then Hebrews 12:22, But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God the heavenly Jerusalem, and to myriads of angels. 
Number four, angels are involved in both the spiritual and practical affairs of mankind. Angels are released from God's throne in heaven into the affairs of man. They are involved in all facets of life in both the spiritual and natural everyday activities of man. Number five, angels are used to deliver God's answers to man's prayers. Angels are especially utilized and involved in delivering the answers to our prayers from the throne of God. In Genesis 28, it says that angels ascend and descend. Why? Perhaps they are bringing back down the very answers to our prayer. Now there's a whole list of stories here about the angels. And um, I, th I think that's optional because then we would end up getting into weeks and weeks and weeks of going over all the stories of the angels. Um, what I can do is copy this and then if you want to look at these stories from the scriptures about angelic intervention, you could do that on your own. Or if you really want to do it, we could do it as a class next week. Um, what I would like to do is pray this prayer and it's a release of angelic intervention. So let's make this declaration. Lord, we declare that heaven's arsenal is waiting to be released in response to man's invitation. So we lift our voices together and we ask that you release messenger angels to our cities and nations. We ask for the guardian angels to be released to protect our lives and families. We call for the warrior angels to come and fight against the powers of darkness, hindering the gospel of the kingdom from manifesting in our lives and our regions. We welcome the angelic host to do the bidding of our Father, and we partner together for angelic intervention for such a time as this, in Jesus' great name. Amen and amen. So, you can make that declaration. Any questions or comments about that? Any personal experiences? Have any of you uh, studied this before or, you know, prayed to God for the angels to help in situations? Have you had experience with this or is A this completely bit. My mom's new? big into angels. Okay. Yeah, Regina's really yeah, she's really big filled with that spirit yeah. of God and is the it, understanding <clears throat> of the scripture. Is there, is there an angel of death? Is that true? Yeah. Is there one? Well, there's multiple. They're multiple. That their assignment is to come out and that just like uh, the woman I heard about last week that saw the angels kind of like over in the corner of the room. I've heard multiple stories of that. So that's that they come to ease your way. They don't make the. They don't cause the death. Some people no, kind of no, get I the. That, yeah. the oh, the angel of death is the coming. I'm going to die. That's the, yeah. That's <laughs> but um, yeah, that's kind of a twisted viewpoint. Now in Revelation, God does send send death angels 
to reap to uh, read, read the book of Revelation. He does send angels to, to carry out judgment. For those who aren't saints. Right, yeah. But now if you're a saint, if you're born again, the angels are not death angels for us. What they do is they come to provide peace and comfort and to escort us. So you're not left alone at the end either. If you're born again, you'll have angelics host around you. You know, in Hollywood, they make it like black, a black cape. And, yeah. You know, and that's the angel of death, you know. And well, he does send that kind that of angel out in the book of Revelation for those who are not saved. Yeah, maybe yeah. it is true that. Yeah. Some of that. I don't know. I just see but, what you see on television. You know. you know, a lot of these TV movies, you know, and they try to be, they masquerade as biblical movies. And they'll take scripture and they'll take Bible stories, but they twist it just enough that it's not true to God's word. Yeah, make it interesting. They take a lot of literary uh, convenience to make the story more interesting. Um, so we just made a declaration, and uh, so let's go to Matthew chapter 18, and we'll kind of start to wrap this up. Uh, Matthew 18 so that's only like two books past what we just read Matthew 18 verses 18 through 20 Okay, Ed, would you read that out of the Amplified first? Truly, truly I tell you, whatever you forbid and declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit and declare proper and lawful on earth must be what is already permitted in, in heaven. Again, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree, harmonize together, make a sympathy, sympathy together, and whatever anything everything they may ask it will come to pass and be done for them by my father in heaven for whatever two or three are gathered drawn together as my followers and into my name there i am in the midst of them okay Did you say 18 to 20. 18 to 20. Then, yeah do you want to read yours pretty different yeah i thought i had the wrong verse for a minute <laughs> i tell you the truth whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. So God's in the midst. We have people gathering together and making declarations, forbidding, which is binding, or declaring... Um, and loosing will be permitted. Okay. Now, would you go uh, back up to Matthew 16 and read that one? 16, verse 19. Would you do that? Why? I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Okay, and then I'm going to read Isaiah 22, 22 out of the Amplified. And the key of the house of David I will lay upon his shoulder. 
He shall open and no one shall shut. He shall shut and no one shall open. So a lot of times you'll hear people praying a prayer, you know, Lord, according to your will, open a door that no man can close, close a door that no man may open. And that also ties in with binding and loosing, declaring it to be proper or improper, permitting it or de denying it. So pray to bind any influences that are contrary to God's will and to loose those people and influences that are in God's will to do his work in your life and in the lives of your loved ones. Pray together in his presence and his power to receive God's covenant promises and salvation for your loved ones. Understand the creative power of your words. The primary purpose of words is creation, life and death, not communication. We use words for communication, but the primary reason for our language and our speech is creation. And our words create life or death, blessings and curses. Um, pray God's word and will, then stand on it. God's word is truth and does not change. So you can put those angels to work in fulfilling God's promises and in bringing loved ones into the kingdom of God. When your loved ones become born again and enter the kingdom of God, you will see even more prayers answered in their lives. So you can pray up a circle around your household and around your loved ones. Always stand on Psalm 91. That's the psalm known as the Psalm of Protection and Peace along with the specific promises for your current petitions. So that's where making a list of scriptures really helps uh, when you're praying different uh, areas of concern. You always have Psalm 91, but then you can have your specific list for specific concerns. Now, Sid Roth said that there are millions of unemployed angels. We can cooperate with the angels and co-labor with them by audibly decreeing God's word over our lives. Now, Psalm 103, verse 20 says, Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. We need to know and understand that God, uh, that angels heed God's word and his rhema word. That's the spoken word through the Holy Spirit. Angels will work on your behalf when you speak and declare God's word. They will even war against demonic spirits for you. Revelation 28 verses 8 and 9. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, Do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers, the prophets, and of all who keep the words of this book. Worship God. So don't worship the angels. Worship God who sent them. Uh, his second point, we attract angelic activity through worship. They even join in and do what the worshipers are doing. Singing, playing instruments, praising. Christians have related events where they were worshiping and feeling a strong presence of the Holy Spirit. Then angels manifested themselves and joined in the praise, singing, and worship. 
And I've, I've heard stories like that from, from people. Uh, there are, um, one story that really stuck out in my mind was um, Joe Smith and her family had gone down to uh, Joyce Myers conference in August at the Hershey Giant Center. This was quite a few years ago. Probably about uh, the 2005, six, seven, somewhere in there. And um, there was a man in the audience, and this story got spread all through the the conference then. This man uh, had gone because his wife wanted him to go and uh, at the beginning of the service you know there's praise and worship and singing and you know setting the, the atmosphere for the conference and when they got done singing he told his wife boy that choir up on stage was really fantastic. And she said, what choir? There wasn't any choir up there. He said, yeah, all the, the choir was standing behind Joyce. What it was, was a choir of angels, that he was given the ability to see that choir on stage singing and standing around Joyce. And he was not a spirit-filled believer, but God allowed his eyes to be opened for him to see and experience that and become a testimony of the angelic host that's present. And uh, I've heard lots of other stories. If you watch uh, Sid Roth and his TV program, Supernatural, he has people come on and, and there's all kinds of fantastic stories out there of people having the angels manifest during a, a service of praise and worship and they hear the heavenly host singing and the music playing. So, so do you have any comments? That's, that's all that I'm, uh, that I was planning to do with angels. I just want us, wanted us to get a basic understanding of what we have available to us in prayer. And we even can have the angels step in and, and help bring the answers while we pray God's promises. Uh, next week we're going to talk about uh, praise and thanksgiving and how that um, affects getting our answers to prayer. And that's going to be the last segment. Uh, we'll probably do maybe two or three weeks on praise and thanksgiving. And then we'll wrap that up and start a new topic. Um, I was debating going into just a few weeks on intercessory prayer for salvation of loved ones. And then I have another topic I'm working on, the power of your words in your life. And I'm thinking because we've been talking about prayer that we should just go ahead and talk about prayer, intercessory prayer for salvation. Because most of us have people in our lives that we want to see become born again. And uh, this will tell you how you can do intercessory prayer to help that come about. And then we'll just go into talking about the power of your words in your life, and that's your everyday speech. So, uh, any, any comments to finish today?